And I started realizing if, okay, I am telling myself to think about the worst. No one else is telling me to believe that. I'm telling myself to believe the worst, and it's making me miserable. Well, if I'm telling myself that I, I have to believe the worst, why can't I tell myself to believe the best? Welcome back to Good Business. Uh, guys, I'm so excited to have uh, my co-host James Hall here and Chad Barrett as a special guest today. Uh, guys, we as entrepreneurs and, and leaders, we face so many challenges and struggles. And we, we deal with things like imposter syndrome. We, we feel like failures nonstop. And um, it, it, it's, it's a tough world out there. Uh, the latest statistic that I was looking up uh, today was one in three entrepreneurs face uh, thoughts of depression and suicide within the last two weeks or month, something along those lines. Either way, it is it is tough for entrepreneurs. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with depression as a leader. Um, and, and, and as you guys know, in this, in this show, we don't hold back from the, the real talk about business leadership. Um, we're not trying to just say, hey, it's all about the numbers, um, because honestly, it's not. Um, the numbers are an, an indicator of success, success or failure, but it is, it is just one of many. And so uh, first and foremost, we're going to focus uh, today on what does it look like to be a healthy leader? Um, and I'd love it if, Chad, you could start out by introducing yourself and sharing who you are. Uh, what's your background? And, um, and, and if you want to kind of talk a little bit about the influence that you're bringing to the world around you, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on the Good Business Podcast with you guys today. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Um, yeah, name is Chad Barrett. Um, I grew up in redneck country, southwest Louisiana, milking cows when I was a kid and all, the, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm one of the pastors at Fellowship Church at Plum Creek. I get to oversee small groups and develop um, teams like that and make sure they're all healthy and everything. And I've uh, been married for 27 years, have four kids. My oldest is 24. Uh, then I have Christina, who passed away of cancer nine years ago. Mm. She would be 21. And then we have Caroline, who just turned 18. We had her daddy-daughter date last Saturday, a great skydive. Oh, yeah, I saw the skydiving video. That looks so much fun. Her skydive on her 18th birthday, oh, or a couple days fantastic. after that. How did mom feel about that? We're we're still together. We're still together. Yeah, still married. Yeah. Still married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's. I've been I've been doing that for about nine years. So she's oh, kind of she's kind of gotten a little bit over that. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah. Then we have my youngest is Catherine. Mm. Uh, she's fourteen and loves volleyball and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, my story is you know guys talking about. I mean that's just such a, a sad statistic. One yeah. in three. It is. And I mean, I know what anxiety and depression is. I battled it. I mean, I was riddled with it for years. Mm. You know, back back in the day, they didn't know what anxiety attack, a panic attack was. I mm. just, you know, having this tremble and feel like the ground is going to fall underneath me. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. But I battled mm. anxiety and depression for many years. My story in a nutshell, and we, we'll get into it, but then um, August 2010, um, my daughter Christina was diagnosed with a rare cancer called clear mm -hmm. cell sarcoma. Mm -hmm. uh, four years later, she passed away. So she's with Jesus now. Mm -hmm. And um, 
here I am nine years later and I don't have anxiety or depression anymore. I haven't had it in seven years. I'm not on medication. I'm not against medication. There's a time and a place for it. But yeah. And Jesus is the center of the whole story. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, that, that's my story in a nutshell. And what, what I get the most joy out of life is, um, you, you know, inspiring and equipping other people to um, learn how to overcome their obstacles and, mm-hmm. and uh, go further than they ever thought that they could go. And and there's a lot of um, there's a lot that holds back in anxiety and depression is two of the biggest things that often go hand in hand. You yeah. know, I mean, for me, my, it was a cycle. I would battle anxiety if it felt like I was I was trying to tread water in the middle of a stormy ocean, and that's what anxiety felt like. And then after a while, I would just get exhausted and sink into depression. And then mm-hmm. I would come back up in anxiety and depression, and you know, it affected my family, affected my my job performance and and oh, um but things are different now hmm. yeah not different well let me ask you a quick question real quick chad while we're discussing on the top the subject i mean you you definitely put that in a nutshell i really appreciate that and just sitting here listening to you say it uh changes me i just i mean the, the, it's a uh, it's a journey the lord's taking taking you on and to be here and to say hey jesus is at the center of mm. of this yeah. uh, these storms that you've walked through um, I'm kind of curious for our, you know, for people who are listening, these business leaders. Uh, I, I imagine that they resonate with this, like very, very really. You know, they, they feel it. And uh, so, what would you share with somebody who's on, you know, who's listening now about the impact that your journey has had in relationship to how you lead now as a leader of people, uh, and kind of the relationship there? Um, because your story is is hard, <laughs> and it takes resilience, you know, to to be there. And like you mentioned, Jesus is involved. I'd love to hear kind of how that connects to how you lead people now, uh, maybe differently than you did before. Well, you know, every organization, James, is is made up of people, not projects, not mm. not programs, not systems. Mm. The system only works if people are in place in it. And the health of any organization is in direct relation to the health of the people involved. So so leadership is is influence. And, um, you know, when we talked about that one in three of of, um, entrepreneurs, you know, in each organization there are people that are struggling. And... I would venture to say that it's not just the entrepreneurs. They have reason reason to struggle with mm-hmm. these with anxiety and depression. But when you read the articles um, and 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 uh, see the news, uh, you know, with um, anxiety and depression is is prominent mm. in in many people. Um, so my my approach to leadership now is, you know, I've 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 worked for many leaders over the years and. And uh, some good-willed, uh, some not. Mm-hmm. Um, and some say, some believe that leadership is, hey, I just need to bark out the orders, mm-hmm. and, and they just need to follow me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some say, I'm, I'm a leader because I, I like taking charge, you know. But you can take charge, and if there's no one following you, who are you, who are you leading? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Leadership is, uh, is about influence, and I, I look at it as a way, as a leader, if I can if I can connect with the people that I lead and build a bridge, a relationship bridge, because we're all created by relationship for mm-hmm. relationship. Amen. And and if I can build that relationship bridge, then then I can carry across truth to them that they would be more accepting of it 
and, mm. and they will follow. If they know that I care about them as a person more than I care about their performance as an employee, then their performance is going to um, mm. is going to in- increase on that. Yeah. Um, and so one of the ways that I do that is I just <laughs> one of the biggest ways that I, I, one of the biggest things that a leader can be most effective is just listening. Mm-hmm. Asking questions and, and listening, mm-hmm. uh, getting to know his or her employees, and finding out um, what what is life like. And and you may not be the best counselor in the world, but if you find mm-hmm. out what life is like, what what is mm-hmm. what what is the struggle at home, and 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 when the employee is heard and cared for and still loved, because that's what everybody wants to be known and to be loved. And when and when the employee is known and loved. Then um, the likelihood is that he or she is going to follow that leader. Mm. So yeah. leadership is is influence, and that yeah. that's that's one of the things I really learned through, yeah. through this. Oh, well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, I I agree with you. So I've uh, I have been uh, what I would maybe would refer to as the uh, the jerk boss at some points in my life when I was younger. You know, sure thought you I know. was thought I was you know the all American. The, the yeah, I thought I was yeah. the coolest thing since forever. Yeah. Don't you know and, who uh, I am? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You walked in a room and you're like, you know, you are all of you beneath me. To quote a, a funny character. Anyway, no, uh, and uh, and a lot of times people they almost believe that that's how they should be because they've you know especially when they're put into a, a leadership position, uh, they're like, I, I need to be like this now because all of a sudden <laughs> I've been put into this role. When probably the reality is, is that who they were before is actually what people are wanting in a leader, you know, someone who cares, Mm -hmm. um, someone who does listen, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my father-in-law is always telling me, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so that's about the way we should use it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I agree 100%. That ratio is what is required. (laughs) It is. And it's incredible how many times people don't use their ears and instead use their mouth. Well, James chapter 1 uh, 19 and 20, mm-hmm. be slow to speak, mm-hmm. quick to listen. Yep. Absolutely. And there's just so much truth in that. It's yeah. so effective. Yeah. No, I, I completely yeah. agree. Um, well, I, I'm kind of curious, the relationship that you have in regards to you, you do lead people, and like you said, listening and influencing people um, is how you basically are able to motivate them to fulfill a mission, maybe even a vision. So I'd love to kind of hear, in light of uh, your your past and your story, talking about instilling vision into people and, you know, in, in regards to, you know, at some point we do have to say something. So mm-hmm. um, how, how maybe have you changed over the years from how you maybe used to cast a vision uh, in leadership and then shifting into today and how you do it now? I'd love to hear kind of your journey on that. Cause I mean, I've personally, I've changed a lot in the way I cast vision. I used to just write it all on, on a board and <laughs> here's <Yeah>. the vision. <laughs> you got, I, I you like know. it. How come you don't? Yeah, you yeah exactly. Yeah. I wrote it perfectly. I was like yeah. Moses with the coming out of the mountain, you know, it's like, right. here's the vision, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, but it, 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 I don't, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> do we? <laughs> well, so. you know, vision can be scary thing because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you have this vision of grandiose, you know, I want I want to start a franchise, yeah. or I want to, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to go this far, and and so casting that vision um, can often exacerbate what people are already feeling, and that's what I call the three terrorists: mm. fear, shame, and guilt. Mm. And they mm. don't just happen at 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 home; mm. we bring them to work. And so, you know, what I the fear, uh, I, I I liken them to I, I, pers- I, I uh, um, personify them. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think of uh, uh, tall, dark-figured 
uh, wearing a dark hoodie and you can't see their face. And I'll tell you why later. Um, but fear is whispers to you, and they whisper lies mm. that uh, you're you're going to die if you try. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not going to make this. Something bad's going to happen. So you might as well give up. There's no hope. Um, shame says uh, you're not you're not um, you're not valued. You know, you talk about the imposter syndrome. That's shame. Yeah. Um, you're not you're not good enough. They're going to find out who you really are. So just back off. Just quit. Just give up. You know, and the guilt says you're dirty, you're rotten. I know what you did last night. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not you're not accepted, you're not approved. So you might as, might as well give up. Um, so people are already battling those things, and so is the leader. Mm. But when when the leader starts speaking truth into his or her people, um, I, helping to identify what those lies are and replacing those lies with truth. Um, then things begin to change. So when we're talking about casting a vision, yeah, I want to cast a vision and I want to tell my people, I believe in you and I know you can do this hmm. because I've gotten to know you on a personal level. We're connected heart to heart. Um, I know I know who your family is. I know what your background is. I know what your history and you know what my story is and my background and my history. I know your struggles. I know your fears and I know I, I know what ails you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love you just the way you are, and I have total confidence that together as a team we can we can accomplish this together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's building into the lives and it's it's um, speaking truth into their lives. But it starts with that connect that heart to heart connection. There's a whole lot more than just barking out orders and and taking charge. And guys, we're going this way, and if you're not following, then I'm fire you and get somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, big mm-hmm. difference in the two. Yeah. Wow. So the I mean the wisdom there is it's profound. And not trying to <laughs> inflate your ego at all, but I mean it's so true. Well, it didn't originate with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I think from from everything that you're sharing like that that wisdom could only come through experience. Through through that understanding could only come yeah. through experience. I mean, you can say what you just said until you're blue in the face, but I can tell that you believe it and it's yeah. in, in the heart yeah. of hearts. Um, so what James and I, uh, in business, obviously we hire a lot of people and, uh, we work with a lot of people. We probably hired, I mean, 200 people, 300 people, including contractors over the years. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and so when I think about those hires, the people that I tend to be the most successful, um, are the ones who have gone through something hard in life. Um, because those people have a better idea of who, the, what their identity is, and they have a better idea of, of, um, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And so you obviously have gone through hardship. Um, I, I'm going to get teary. eyed just, just thinking about the, 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 the thought of, of losing a child, um, can you walk me through that journey if, if you're up open Absolutely. to it from, from the moment that you, that you guys got that diagnosis until the moment that you realized, okay, I'm healthy. Hmm. I mean, from what you just said, that's, uh, I think you said that's you a six year, that's a six year journey and we yeah. have what, 30 minutes here. Uh, but, but I mean, what was that journey like? Okay. So that yeah. I, I think going back to the imposter sh- syndrome, that shame, I think of so many entrepreneurs and leaders and, and people in general, uh, they're, they're sucked into social media and all they see is, Hey, this is the best life now. And 
all they're seeing is, hey, this is my worst life right now. Mm. And they don't quite see the path mm. that it takes to actually get to your best life now. And so I'd love to know what was that path like for yeah. you? So just to give some confidence to people going through hard times right now. Yeah. So, you know, it was August 23rd, 2010. Wow. And whenever we got the phone call from uh, Dr. Thompson at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston, um, he said, Mr. and Mrs. Barrett, I need you to sit down. And we've already run tests on her. We, you know, long story, really short, only half, half hour. There was a, a small swollen spot on her arm that ended up being a tumor between her bone and her muscle. Mm. Tumor was wrapped around her muscle. Took her to the pediatrician. She says, go straight to Texas Children's, you know, doctor, 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 one after another. And finally, the, the, the doctor called on August 23rd and said, Mr. and Mrs. Baird, I'm sorry, but your daughter has cancer. Obviously, the oxygen just sucked out of the room. You know, it was like, this, this isn't real. Wake up. Come on, wake up. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Especially when I'm battling um, fear and shame and guilt and already on uh, just life stuff and, and, and anxiety and, and being depressed. Um, I was on medication at this time. And like I said, there's a time and a place for um, medicine when it comes to anxiety and depression. But by and large, I think that masks the symptoms or just mm-hmm. treats the symptoms. Um, I think it's, a, I'm not a professional, but I think it's over dispensed. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it numbed my emotions and it robbed me of my creativity, but it did set my mind in a space where I can begin to think. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember being on this, this medicine and, um, you know, really, um, I had no, my emotions were just null and void. Mm. And uh, Christina comes out of a, um, it wakes up from her surgery and she's groggy and crying. And my wife, Melissa, is crying. And, and I'm just I'm like, I, I feel nothing. Mm. And I realized, okay, this, this isn't, something's not, something not, not right here. Um, but I had people in my life, though, that were speaking truth into me. And, and I think, I think for, for me that the medicine helped me put, put me in a spot where I, I can begin to think better. Mm -hmm. And when I began to think better, and what I mean by thinking better is changing thoughts. So back in the sixties, psychologists called it cognitive behavioral therapy is what Mm -hmm. they discovered. Uh, The apostle Paul wrote about it 2000 years ago (laughs) in Philippians uh, four. Um, be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. you know, but in everything through prayer and thanksgiving, which is so huge, um, bring your request, make a request known to God. Then he says, and think on these things, whatever is true, mm-hmm. whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. But but for me, I wasn't thinking on those things. I was thinking on the what ifs, you know, mm-hmm. the what ifs. Y'all have kids. Yes, I do. Then, I, oh, yeah. then you battle what ifs. Yeah. Time, I guarantee you battle what <laughs> Right ifs. now, actually, in my head. And when they get their driver's license, oh, buddy. You know, <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Daddy, wow. can I have the don't, keys? Don't think about it, James. Oh, man. You oh, know. man. But the, you know, the what, those crazy, what, 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 what if this bad thing happens? What if that bad thing happens? What, you know, so, I mean, you, and, and wow. we, 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 we're creatures of habit and we train our minds to think on the worst. Yeah. You know, what, and, and for a business leader, for an entrepreneur, well, 
what if this thing fails? How am I going to take care of my family? Mm. I've I put all of my, I've cashed in all my 401k into this. I'm, am I saving? I'm going to have absolutely nothing. And that happens to entrepreneurs all the time, you know. And so <clears throat> I was thinking, of course, with my daughter having this, this rare cancer and her, di- her uh, prognosis from the very start was, was very poor. Mm. And uh, I remember thinking, well, what if my daughter dies? Um, my family is going to be destroyed. And I already started being my own prophet, mm. right? My family is going to be destroyed. They're going to lose. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to take my life. I'm just going to, you know, life is going to be bad. Then I, then I had people like uh, my dad and, and um, uh, God just placed other, other, a couple of other people in my life that just helped me think on truth and started identifying the lies. And so when I told, told you about those fear, shame, and guilt, mm-hmm. that they had no faces, well, they do have a face, and it's my face. Because, mm. you know, you, you are your greatest influence. You talk to yourself more than anybody else does. Mm-hmm. And, and the, we, we tell ourselves lies, you know, mm. I'm not going to make it. It's going to be bad. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. I'm, you know, all those sorts of things. And so, I, with the with the what ifs, I remember thinking, well, ha, you know, I, I need to, I need to prepare myself for the worst. So that's why I'm thinking the worst. Hmm. But how can a parent prepare himself for the death of his child? It's mm-hmm. it's impossible, mm-hmm. and and then I was sort of thinking, well, well, why try? Mm-hmm. What what good is going to come out of this? And then I began to real, realize that there's something my dad ta- told me, and I'll, I'll never forget this. We're having this conversation. Christine was still alive. We're having this conversation, and this particular conversation. And he said, I, I, I can tell you where I was. I was on Beltway Eight in Houston, driving to work when when having this conversation. Mm-hmm. He said, Chad, Jesus has never given you permission to worry about what may or may not happen tomorrow. He's given you grace to rest in today, and He promises grace for tomorrow, whatever it's going to be. So I, I start, it, it, it was a process, and I started realizing, if okay, I am telling myself to think about the worst. Mm. No one else is telling me to believe that. I'm telling myself to believe the worst, and it's making me miserable. Well, if I'm telling myself that I... I have to believe the worst. Why can't I tell myself to believe the best? Mm. And the logical answer to that is, well, because what if the worst happens? Then what are you going to do? Yeah. But see, but then there's the grace of Jesus that I'm living proof it is sufficient. Mm. And um, so I started believing the best, knowing that whatever the outcome is, Jesus's grace will be there. And it is. It always is. If... Um, if my business folds, I'm going to be okay because mm-hmm. Jesus's grace will be there. My mm-hmm. family will be okay because Jesus's grace will be there. It's just so he, either he's God or he's not, and and it is sufficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to I actually speak to something you said. It's a little off script, but uh, last December I read a book. Um, the title evades me right now, but it was a really great Christian author who speaks to the subject of anxiety. And uh, there's a whole chapter area dedicated to the idea that the most influential voice in your life is your voice. Yeah. And it changed my world. Once I realized I was like, Oh, oh I was like, yeah, 
He's right. He is like, right. Not only is it the most influential, but why is it the most influential? It's because you trust that voice more than any other voice. Yeah. Because it's yours. Yeah. You love your voice. It's you like your favorite. Motivations it's, behind it's your it. favorite yeah. voice. You know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was like, that is incredibly powerful to realize um, that you. Not only does that voice exist, but I love. I love what you just said because you get the opportunity to change what is being said because it is your voice and you have some mm. control over that mm-hmm. um, and some speaking truths into those spaces. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, I mean, the voice that radiates truth to our core, of course, is the, the, the word of God, Jesus, yeah. you know. And if we let it. If we listen. Yeah. If we listen. And if we know his voice and we know the difference between his voice and our voice, and then of course all the other voices of the world <laughs> yeah. that all that yeah. all come in uh, around mm-hmm. that. But I, as soon as you mentioned that, I, I wanted to say something because, um, I mean, how powerful is it to an entrepreneur? How many times that they hear their voice in their head telling them something that is fear, shame, guilt? Yeah, why, why believe the worst? Who, who says we have to believe the worst? Yeah. And so why not believe the, why not believe the best? Yeah. You know, it's why I love skydiving. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> why think about the worst when you can enjoy the best, right? It's yeah. why be, sky. Yeah. Well. Besides the adrenaline rush and the, the by the, the way, the, I'm with you. I love skydiving. Have you been? Oh yeah, multiple times. But um, ever since I got married, Emily, my wife, I, I love her too much to go skydiving. <laughs> so but it, it it forces me to be put into a situation where I have to battle the what ifs. Yeah, and of course, what is the biggest what if question in skydiving? Are you going to, will my parachute open? Will my parachute open? Am I going to die? The one question. (laughs) Yeah, the one one question. But then I start thinking on the truth instead. Okay, I know my uh, my EP, my um, emergency procedures. I've practiced them. I know my training will kick in. So I tell myself, this is going to be a great dive. This is going to be a fantastic dive. Yeah. And they get better and they get better and better. So it's good practice to put put that in um, and apply that to life. I need to apply that to life whenever I go out into the ocean because all I think of is there's going to sh- a shark's going to show up and it's going to eat me today. Uh, I don't know how surfers do it. It's because yeah. they have the positive attitude. Yeah. I just don't have a positive yeah. enough attitude when I get, go get in the ocean, huh? The way we introduced our kid, our girls to Jaws the other day. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, they never that. want to go swim in the ocean again. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be all right. Oh gosh, they'll, they'll survive. They just may not enjoy the ocean yeah. ever again. It's okay. This yeah. is just a movie. Yeah. We're going to think about this instead. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's so, great. That's great. Um, so, so moving along in that journey, um, I mean, you had four years to to, to wrestle with that. Yeah. How soon after the diagnosis did you did you start to come to the realization of, hey, I can't, I can't just be planning for the worst the the entire time. Every, you know, it was probably. Um, just a few months before she died hmm. were things that, it was like a switch that was flipped where we, we, so about six months before she died, she got, we, we got this call. I was speaking at a, um, event in Indiana and I'm in my hotel room and my phone rings and it's an unknown, which is always a doctor. Mm. I was like, okay, you know, and I know that we were waiting on results. So my doctor calls and he says, Chad, are you sitting down? I was like, you sound excited. And he goes, no, I'm not going to sit down. You better tell me right now. Um, sorry. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to keep going on, okay? Yeah. He said the tumors are gone oh, wow. from her chest, from her lungs. Mm. Um, whew, man, what a day, you know? Mm. Just incredible. And so, but then there's that roller coaster because three months later they came back with a vengeance. Mm. You know, 
Mm. Um, <clears throat> but there was there was that that switch flipped. I, I never felt closer to Jesus than the days leading up to her death and the day of. Mm. Um, I woke up every morning and I put my feet on the floor and I said, "Jesus, thank you for this day." Mm. I mean, d- Thanksgiving does something amazing in, in mm. our minds, in our hearts. It gets my mind off of my my. Tra- my, my, my trauma and puts it on the God who is righteous and true and all powerful mm. and loves me and loves my daughter more than I do mm. and has my family in his hands. And so I, I would put my feet on the ground every morning and say, God, I thank you for whatever you're going to do today. Mm. And uh, I remember doing that on, uh, on June 21st, 2014. And uh, <laughs> she died two hours later. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've told this story thousands of times, and there's times that I don't get choked up, and there's times that I do, and I can't tell you which, which is which, and I just don't care anymore. But, mm. uh, but um, it's it, it's um, I, I I knew my life was beginning to change um, when when I started becoming more, and this seems so counter. Uh, intuitive when I begin to be more thankful for what I see God doing in our in my family. Mm. You know, we told Christina that the cancer came back and there's nothing else the doctors can do. And y'all, I watched my daughter stare death in the eyes mm. and said, I'm ready. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um it was uh <clears throat> it, it was a turning point in realizing that um, I truly have nothing to fear, um, and, and and now I've experienced the a parent's worst nightmare. Yeah, grief, but um, I'm more than okay. That's why the mm-hmm. title of the book I wrote, shameless plug. The book. I don't know. Don't be. Don't be afraid. <laughs> the title I want you of the to. book I wrote is is thrive not just survive. So I, I used to think of you know that verse in. Um, Second uh, Corinthians twelve, where Paul says, um, "This thorn in the side, I pleaded with mm-hmm. Jesus over and over and over and over again. Please take this thorn out of my side." And, and basically, here's Chad Barrett's paraphrase: Jesus says, "No, mm. I'm not. Yeah. I love you too much mm. because you will not experience my grace on you if you lived a life of comfort. Mm. But because um, you, you're going to sense my grace, and you're going to see that my grace is sufficient. And I, and I used to think my grace is sufficient. Remember that stormy ocean I would drown in? It was just enough grace to get a little gulp of oxygen before I sink down. And then I started realizing, well, what kind of grace is that? Mm. You know. Mm. And I, 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 I tell you now that His grace is sufficient to not ju- not to um, wallow in a stormy ocean, but to walk on the water. Mm. And uh, so that it's it's efficient for me to not just survive, but to thrive in life. Mm-hmm. And thriving doesn't mean an absence of pain. Mm-hmm. It means um, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb this mountain. I'm gonna reach the summit. I'm gonna take it one step at a time. And Jesus is there every step of the way with me. Mm-hmm. And man, so there's so much application in that. I mean, you've obviously applied it in your own life. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I, I I cannot imagine um, what it takes to, to to dredge up those feelings again every time, but I, I'm sure that they're bittersweet. And mm-hmm. um, so I think I, I thank you for for being vulnerable. Um, 
So when, when you're thinking about, all right, how does this apply in my daily life? Like yeah. how, obviously you've been changed dramatically yeah. by God's grace through those trials. Mm. And <clears throat> James and I can attest both on, on an individual basis, like trials make you better. Trials mm-hmm. are good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of them, mm-hmm. but but they're God's grace. Mm-hmm. They're God's grace. If you never went through trials in life, then then you would never realize your need for God. Mm-hmm. And so when you're thinking about just how can a leader who who is experiencing trials, whether it's something as dramatic as uh, facing the loss of your child, your beloved child, mm-hmm. or if it's something as simple as, hey, I've been working hard hours for years, and I feel like I'm just not making any ground. I feel like I'm in the same place I was two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. How do they face that mm-hmm. with hope? How do mm-hmm. they face that when they don't seem to to feel anything different? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's you know that's why my heart. It, I, I'm I, I love entrepreneurship. I, I love um, small business owners. You know who, uh, against all odds, they just they just keep stepping. And, and there's there's that that sense of you know that where that fear and that shame and guilt begin to kick begins to kick in. Um, the one of the biggest principles that I've learned and am learning in my life, I call you know um, NGU, never give up. Mm. And it's um, it's not something that I, I can do on my own. It's it's something that, that I need others to do with me. Um, and it's you know. I, when I when I think of an entrepreneur who's who's been like you said has been struggling for for years and not seeking to make any headway, this this looks like a giant mountain that I don't I'm not sure if I can climb the whole thing, and um you know and and with my story with with Christine and overcoming anxiety and depression look like a huge mountain I don't know what the summit's going to look like what's mm. what's my future going to look like what what what's it going to be like, and 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 for me I keep going back to what is it I'm telling myself mm. you know. Um, there's been times as a pastor, I tell myself that I'm just not cut out for this, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to recognize this, that that's, that's just, that's just the struggle of being a pastor. That's, that's part of being an, an entrepreneur is you're going to have days where you feel this way and you have to tell yourself the truth. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay that, that, um, that there is a struggle, mm-hmm. um, that's okay that there is a challenge because a challenge is how you, is how you grow. But challenges are best overcome with a with a team and not as an individual. And and I in my life I had to have people who surrounded me who who spoke truth into me and encouraged me to to, to persevere, to not give up. When I when I think of, of a mountain, when I climbed, I climbed Mount Hood back in twenty sixteen and and um the summit was not what we thought it would be. It was storming in the middle mm-hmm. of June and our water bottles froze up. Mm-hmm. But looking at the summit, and we couldn't even see it because of the clouds and all of that, um, I thought at first, how, how am I going to get to that? But I thought, okay, I don't know about that, but I know I can get to this rock here. It's 10 meters ahead of me. And me and my friend Steve were um, climbing this ice wall, basically, 50-mile-an-hour winds. And we were roped up, and we just go like a slinky we would just go 10 meters at a time 10 meters at a time mm-hmm. and that's that's the encouragement that i i want to offer to those entrepreneurs and business leaders who are struggling like that um 
take it one day at a time. Mm. Um, what can you do to accomplish tomorrow? Mm. Not the next 10 years. What yeah. can you do to better yourself for tomorrow? And that's how you persevere. That's how you never give up. There's two words that are not allowed in my house. It's, I can't. <laughs> it's just, I just haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that I haven't figured it out. But if I have some, if I have a team that is helping me and, and we trust each other and I, I, I can take tomorrow, I can accomplish one mm-hmm. small thing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just one of the, that sounds small, but it's, that's a huge thing for me and it's a huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you, you, you break it down into chunks and you accomplish one thing at a time. And after a while, you look back and you see how far up the mountain you've come. Mm. It's powerful. You are a very resilient man, Chad. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here's the question, my question for you about that, because when I think about the word resilient, uh, a lot of times people think like fighter, you know, and it's like you can just bulge through anything. But you seem to, you seem through everything you're telling me is you've had a grace for yourself that's very unique. And the same, like, I feel like sometimes people that they're really resilient, they get hard inside, like in the inside, they get hard. Um, whether they've been betrayed by people, uh, whether they've been, um, they just for themselves the shame and the fear and the guilt just just so loud for them they're just they just shut down and close up you know um but from from everything i'm hearing about your story you uh, kind of allowed the lord to flow through you and bring you called it like a daily grace i think it was mm-hmm. earlier you were talking about how you know it's like each day what your dad said the grace for today and the mm-hmm. grace for tomorrow mm-hmm. um can you talk about that a little bit in regards to like just encouraging the people who are listening their leaders and their like, how do you allow that to flow through you when you maybe you feel like you can't give yourself grace? Uh, mm. um, how do you how do you start to begin to to let that radiate through you well, in life? Resiliency can can be mis- misconstrued as putting up defenses. Yeah, you know, a person can. I mean, you can look at me and say, "Chad, you're really strong," and I might I might just be, you know, yeah, p- putting up defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, if I have my defenses up, then I'm focusing on one person, mm-hmm. and that's me, mm-hmm. and um, I will focus on me at the cost of you if, if it if it comes to that, and uh, I, I know what putting up defenses feels like. Um, and, but there's a difference. There's a difference in defenses and setting up boundaries, and we don't need to we don't need to go there. <laughs> that's, another, that's, that's another. That's another episode. episode. That's another, that's another book. Next another, season. Right. 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 But it's it's telling myself that it's okay that I'm struggling today. Mm. Yeah. Um, instead of the lie telling myself, I should be stronger than this. I should mm. know the answer to this. I'm a leader. I'm a, I own this business. They're coming to me for help. Sure. I should know how to solve their problems. But it's okay to say, I don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. And, it's, and it's okay to have that, that feeling of, of wow, I, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm scared. But how you process that, how you process that fear mm. is, is, is vital. Yeah. Um, there, there's a um, there, there's a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage, mm-hmm. and um, one, it, it's a wonderful book, and I, and I love the guy. And in it, he talks about how to build a cohesive team, and he talk he calls it building a a, a vulnerable base a vulnerable based trust with each other. And I and I think it is one of the healthiest things that a leader can do is when he's vulnerable with his people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that champions that building that trust and, and they could become vulnerable with him. And so, um, vulnerability allows, you know, it's me taking off my mask and saying, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this too, but it's okay. 
and we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we're not going to fall. Um, and, and if 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 tomorrow looks bleak, we're going to get through the tomorrow together, and we're going to be okay. Especially in time of crisis, you, know, I, you mentioned the ocean. Um, one of the times I thought I would die in my life, I was 60 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico fishing on a 22-foot cabin cruiser, seven people. And we got caught in a storm, lightning popping everywhere. Mm. And I'm holding on to a metal pole so I won't fall, fall out of the boat, yes. you know. And um, uh, I, I remember thinking, this this going to be bad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I really got scared when the owner of the boat said the exact same thing. This is bad. I think we're going to die. This is horrible. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. This, then it's true. Then it's true. Yeah. But I guarantee you if the leader would have said, hey, guys, I know this is scary. I'm, I'm scared, too. But we're going to get through this. Mm. It's going to be okay. That's, that's the leader people will follow. Yeah. And, and that, that sets a tone. That sets an yeah. atmosphere. Um, so the leader has to be self-aware of, I know my own fears, but I know we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't know how, I know we're going to get through this. We'll figure this out together. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. I hope that. that answers the question. It That's does. Incredible. I just, I just uh, you know, I, I grew up around so many. I mean, people listening, I'm, I'm sure they're pastors, you know, and I grew up around a lot of pastors, and uh, they're so. Uh, it, it's so hard to be vulnerable with the people around you and the leadership. So you saying these things is just. It's uh, enlightening. I'm just so thankful for it uh, mm-hmm. because it needs to be heard. And I, and I hope people, when they hear this, I hope people are sharing this episode to saying, this is the good way. I mean, think about Jesus mm-hmm. and how vulnerable he was with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Like it is foundational mm-hmm. uh, um, to you making it as a leader. I mean, people don't look at pastors and think entrepreneur. What do you think a church starter is? That boy's that boy's an entrepreneur, yeah. <laughs> and he's a soul care too, yeah. you know. And that is that is hard, you yeah. know. Um, and even those who've been doing it for twenty years, <clears throat> it is hard uh, to remain in a place of grace and vulnerability yeah. uh, with other people, whether it's in business with leadership teams or mm-hmm. work with fellow elders. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a hard place to stay because you can quickly uh, harden, you know, yeah. and uh, and then still have that mindset to be the leader and say, I don't know how. But yeah. I think we're going to make it through. Yeah. You know? Well, there's times the leader has to say the hard things. Yeah. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to die. You know, mm. I'm not going to be here soon. They would, no, I would never. We're not going to let that happen. You know, we'll mm. get behind me, Satan. You know, but, but, I'm, I'm, but I have to because here's the good that comes after yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so there's times where as a leader, I have to say the hard things. But just because I have to say the hard things doesn't mean it, it's going to be detrimental to us as people, or it's going to it's going to be the worst, and and, and it's going to destroy us. Yeah, you know, we're still going to be okay. No, that's great. That's great, Chad. I feel like we could talk for hours, I know. and I'm so <laughs> sad that we're at time. Uh, but uh, but I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us today yeah, on Good pleasure. Business. I'm so encouraged. My heart is I'm full, glad. and. Uh, Man, I feel like you were talking directly to me half the time, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thank you so much. So, Chad, um, you've got a book. How, how can people get it? And well, t- tell us about the book. I know you already gave us a little overview, but can you tell people about your book? Yeah, the book. I'm a storyteller. The book is written in story form, and basically, it says what I said in a nutshell: how my life was written by anxiety and depression. It tells the story of Christina and her her cancer journey. I equate it with climbing a mountain. And uh, what, what that's like. And we don't know what the summit for Christina was. We mm-hmm. don't know what the summit of Mount Hood was. Um, 
but how Jesus is the center of it and how it, it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. My worst fears, my worst fear of losing a child came true, but my worst fears of my family being destroyed because it did not come true. Mm-hmm. I'm living proof that uh, His grace is sufficient. The second part of the book are five disciplines that I learned through um, this process, and um, and so those five disciplines are are um, are written out there that everybody could go through, and the purpose of those is to. It, part of those disciplines is to frame your story and multiply yourself to help somebody else hmm. um, in, in their struggle. They can find it on Amazon. Uh, if you just type in Thrive, Not Just Survive, it's the first one that pops up. Awesome. Yeah. Or they can go to chadbarrett.us okay. as Great. well. Awesome. Now, just to con- not not to confuse you with the other Chad Barrett that pops on Google, uh, not chadbarrett.com. Yeah, not, not <laughs> I think he's a soccer, a soccer player. Not the soccer player. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't play uh, soccer. <laughs> I tried one time. Awesome. It didn't yeah. work out. Well, well, thank you, Chad, and everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you were encouraged. I, I encourage you to share this episode with people who you think would also be encouraged by this. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching, and. And be sure to leave us a five-star on Apple Podcast and wherever you are enjoying your podcast today. So guys, thanks again for being on Good Business with us, and we'll see you next time.